Shock Tower, the Real NBA Fantasy NBA Hybrid Podcast brought to you by Jalen Lutze, Kyle Stein, and me, Michael Kimball. We are here in week 19 in the East. It's still the Milwaukee Bucks with the Toronto Raptors, Boston Celtics, Miami Heat, and maybe Philadelphia still in the mix. In the West, it's still the Lakers with the Nuggets, Clippers, Rockets, Jazz, Thunder, and Mavs all chasing, and Memphis really working hard now to hold on to that 8th seed, just two and a half games up on Portland, and on a three-game losing streak after losing Jaron Jackson Jr., which is a big hurt for them right now. So things in a little flux, but also not so different from the last time we talked to you. So we're going to move on to, I think, a few birthday wishes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. So uh, D'Lo and Andrew Wiggins share a birthday, which makes their trade for each other basically a lot more interesting. So happy birthday, a day late. Uh, that's February 24th for the D'Angelo Russell and Andrew Wiggins shared birthday. Maybe they can get traded for each other again some year <laughs> on that day. We're, same year or they have an age difference? Uh, one year age difference. Okay. So Wiggins turned 25 and D'Lo turned 24. And I believe you had another odd observation. I can't remember. No, I mean, it's it's the, no. everyone knows this one, which is just that both the Morris twins are now on opposite sides of Staples oh, Center. Right. And also, the word came out on Twitter that they might carpool to work together. I think they might be living together again like they did when they were in Phoenix. Well, they were very upset when one of them was traded and they were no longer living together. So I'm happy for them for that. Maybe they'll be a little less curmudgeonly on the court, maybe yeah. a little happier, maybe. Well, the, the story goes a little deeper than that, too, because – um, they were thought to have taken slightly more team-friendly contracts in, right. in Phoenix. In Phoenix. And, um, and with the understanding that they would both remain on the same team. And then, of course, Phoenix traded um, Marcus Morris to the Pistons. And I think that was the – like, was that um, – what did the Pistons – I don't even remember Trade now. back there then. This yeah. Is, yeah. This is a while back. We'd have to go back into the archives to find that one. But but um, the other thing about the Morris twins, also the same birthday. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so. It'd be pretty hard for them not to have the same birthday. <laughs> right. We could go on like this. It could the happen. Mar the Martin twins. Yeah, it could happen. Uh, uh, sort of so. slightly before midnight <laughs> and a, you know just after midnight right. um, twins. Right. Um, but let's get into it. We're almost to the end of the buyout season. Um, there it hasn't been quite as active as I might have suspected, uh, but the more interesting things here we go. The Rockets uh, look to be finishing off the contract with Jeff Green, and they already have Damari Carroll signed. Oh yeah, that contract is done. Uh, Jeff Green dunked on someone. Oh no, he dunked already on tonight. He dunked on Mitchell Robinson last night. Uh, okay. The Rockets smacked the Knicks, and I was tweeting about this. I was like. Maybe I should watch the Rockets playing against someone other than the Knicks, but <laughs> that five-out system looks pretty good right now as uh, they run rough shot over the Knicks. And Harden had just a devastating drop down of, of Dennis Smith Jr. Oh, that was, that was just a straight push-off. He didn't even cross him. He was just like... Dennis Smith was like, it was bad, you know. His chest got over his knees. Don't do that, kids. Don't do that at home. <laughs> but, like, he was just reaching for the ball. Um, he almost stole it, and then Harden literally just forearm shiver to the chest, threw him down on the ground. There was no there was no crossover. It was just like, get, get out of the way. Get off of me. No call? No call. Yeah. 
because DSJ did not deserve it because he didn't stay stacked. You got to stay stacked. Watching DSJ play basketball is kind of painful. And (laughs) (laughs) I, I didn't tweet this, but I was like, I feel bad for him. Should I feel bad for him? Is he a nice guy? Like, I don't know what his reputation is, but... He just looks very lost, and his... It looks painful out Do you there. remember the moment when he came in the league, and I can't remember who it was who was drafted before him, but I think LeBron came out and was like, oh, they really should have drafted Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> Do you remember this? Oh, it was... People um, loved Dennis Smith Jr. back during yeah. the draft. <laughs> oh, it was about the Knicks. He was saying the Knicks should have drafted Dennis Smith Jr. because he was taking shots at Phil Jackson because Phil Jackson had the posse comments. So, oh, so right, LeBron right. was taking every chance to like ridicule Phil Jackson's GMing. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. So he was wrong in that case, but right overall. I mean, r- word on the street <laughs> is LeBron also uh, told the the Heat to draft Norris Cole. So. I don't know. Right. LeBron's LeBron's uh, draft pick suggestions, especially when it really comes to... Did he also really want Shabazz Napier? <laughs> especially when it comes to yeah. point guards, is not it, he doesn't have a good track record. He did leave all those guys behind in Cleveland. He helped get some contracts. So um, I, don't, I, I think at this point he also realizes the problems with his uh, shadow GMing. No? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. if you are in like the... The one percent, the like percentage point five percent of like athletes in the world, you're not a good talent evaluator because you just <laughs> think everyone can do what you do, right? Which just isn't true. Yeah, especially if you're LeBron. That's actually another buyout consideration. Is you know, Dion Waiters is floating out there somewhere on an island, on an island, on Waiters <laughs> Island, and uh, and. He's got the dual hurdles of convincing Lakers management and convincing LeBron that he would be <laughs> worthwhile because they they didn't end it well. Is it possible? Do the Lakers have a it's roster not impossible. spot? They got Markeith Morris now. Yeah, I mean, I think I figure Troy Daniels wing, is still oh, potentially a, a you know J.R. Smith? Are we bringing J.R. back? The thing that's popped up in article after article in different places, The Athletic was the first place I saw it, was just how difficult the Lakers are um, with stopping scoring wings. Like, it's a Mm -hmm. huge problem there. I don't think Mark Keith Morris solves the problem either. So I'm I'm hoping if you're a Lakers fan, they need another wing there. Yeah, I mean, I think that would have to have been a part of the idea of bringing him in is that he would guard the Kawhis of the world. Right. Um, because Can I think he? the problem for the Lakers is not like the the more the skinnier threes like Paul George like Danny Green right. can probably guard Paul George because yeah. Paul George is going to run around a lot of screens he doesn't have the best handle in the world but these bigger guys who can handle the ball like Kawhi I guess maybe Jason Tatum who's not like the strongest but right. also gave them fits in their matchup he recently tore him up, yeah. um, like they put AD on Kawhi in their second matchup because uh, they just had no one strong enough to right. defend Kawhi. And maybe Kawhi's a bad example because he gives everyone problems, but they're probably going to have to beat the Clippers to get to where they want to go. So, Yeah, right. it's like JR from a couple years ago is a really good fit for that, but I don't think that there's any expectation that he would be Could JR LeBron from a couple years ever, ago. Could LeBron ever bring JR back after that mental gaffe in that game where he just, like his whole championship chance he saw it evaporate in that one play, that one missed opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, LeBron couldn't bring him back. I don't think that they were going to win that. I'm talking about LeBron year. as if he is the GM. LeBron yeah. can't bring him back. I don't think they were going to win that year anyway. And They uh, weren't. And yeah, no. They, but the chance was gone. But there LeBron a did punch a wall after gone. that. LeBron did punch a wall after that. So. I mean, they just – what they really need <laughs> now is they also need – they need people who can play serviceable and also rack up fouls potentially, you know, <laughs> because – the last thing that you need is for LeBron to get three so, fouls in the first half and you don't have to be playing. Markeith Morris and, helps in that sense. Yes? I don't think he can stay in front of Kawhi. I don't think he can either, but he can stay in, a lot, in front of a lot of other guys. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not going to help you against the Clippers because the yeah. Clipper personnel, you still – so, sure, he can guard so Montrez here's, Harrell. Here's who's left. Here's who's Wait, left. Wait, how then. big? He's like 6'8", right? 6'9", something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. But So here's who's left. Isaiah Thomas, Trey Burke, uh, Deion Waiters, Tyler Johnson, Shumpert, Nene, J.R. Smith, Jamal Crawford, Jonathan Simmons, uh, Joaquin Noah. There's not Tyler Johnson surprises me the most. Is there a, is there a, is there a is there that, that you want? If you're the Lakers, oh, that we do still need to talk about that. The one, the player who surprises me most is who I thought might be able to contribute for somebody and for the Tyler Johnson and for the Lakers who seem to need a little bit more playmaking is Tyler Johnson. But um, maybe it's just not enough shooting. Um, right. Rondo has actually still been shooting relatively well, as well as Tyler Johnson. Yeah, I mean, does. I think. I think if if we're going to have a serious conversation about the Lakers and Clippers rivalry and their playoff chances, the story of the buyout season and the trade season is that the Clippers keep poaching people that the that would fit perfectly on the Lakers. Yeah. And it's almost it's not Who are even those exactly. I would say Marcus Morris and Reggie Jackson. And it's not to say that you these people that- are going to make huge differences, but what the Lakers need is a person to guard Kawhi, right? Marcus Morris is Kawhi's size and strength, and he has a reputation of guarding bigger players. He's guarded LeBron pretty well in the past. And Reggie the read Jackson, on that was that they were keeping him away. It wasn't just that they wanted him. They were also keeping him away. Yeah, yeah. All the Twitter jokes are that uh, Steve Ballmer is paying people in Bitcoin to keep them away from the Lakers. <laughs> so, like, but, I mean, it's a real thing. Like, by, by them joining their team, not only do they add potentially – pieces for the playoffs but they also take away pieces from right. the lakers or prevent the lakers from adding pieces um and reggie, reggie jackson, jackson is again a very flawed player but he can handle the ball he can like initiate offense so like he's an imperfect version maybe he's a slightly better version of rondo but like he's a better shooter than rondo i right. think so like yeah. when it gets down I don't think to the, the numbers would say that he's a better three-point shooter than rondo right this now. year you mean i yeah. mean Rondo or, gets or Rondo just run. gets an ignored in the in the playoffs. Like I don't think Rondo's three point shooting is is it's not viable in the playoffs. He just gets completely ignored. Yeah. So the Lakers, besides needing a wing, you know, some people suggest they need a traditional point guard. Reggie Jackson would have been that. They didn't get him either. I don't think they like any of the possibilities that we're looking at now. Is anybody else still likely to get bought out? Like Everything I'm reading is saying no from just about every team out there. I think the Lakers dodged a bullet in not getting Reggie Jackson, if that's why the Clippers picked him up. In the absence of getting anybody else? In the sense that 
Alex Caruso is a better fit for what they need and what they're going, and just maybe a better player right I now. Know. I mean, look Caruso at it this way: terribly overvalued because there's nothing else happening there. Like he's fine. I would I would apply your own sort of logic about um, fantasy players coming off the injury list. Like when it comes to, um, I don't know, Steph Curry is about to be reactivated, yeah. right? And we're saying Sunday. he's not going to be his natural self, but he's going to be better than the last man on your bench in fantasy i think that's the idea with a player like reggie jackson or any of these buyout pickups although marcus morris was a trade so he you're expecting more from him but yeah with reggie jackson i don't think the lakers they they shouldn't be if they're smart they shouldn't be expecting anything major from him the difference in the comparison between fantasy and the real nba is that on your fantasy team there's there's a level playing field between all you have certain days of the week so we have a daily roster change league and there are of course some days where you max out your roster and you do have to make a decision between a player on your bench and a player to be starting but usually not so a player who comes onto your bench doesn't necessarily take away minutes from someone who's already playing that's the trade-off that i get concerned about i get more concerned about um about Reggie Jackson, if he had gone to the Lakers, coming in and taking minutes away from Caruso, who I think would actually fit better for what they need than what Reggie Jackson would. Because I think every shot that Reggie takes is actually a shot that would be better taken by someone else on the team. And I don't know that you can... Yeah, that's I don't know that you can really trust him to take good shots as someone who's watched the Pistons a lot yeah, over the last that, few years. It, he it, has his moments, but right. they come against in matchups that and his moments are really game matter. to game it's sort of like he has a bunch of moments in one game and then no moments in the next game and then a bunch I mean, of moments in another game that's completely fair as in like if reggie jackson is playing too many minutes he's taking minutes away from someone else but rajon rondo is already taking minutes from alex caruso alex caruso is a really good defender he plays hard he's a good system defender uh he gets tons of a ton of deflections but like he doesn't. He doesn't have like a stranglehold on that position on those minutes already, which means, which points to the fact that he's a flawed player, and that yeah. there are times when he can't do the things that you need from that position. If he right. could run an offense and right. shoot a pull-up three, Rondo would never play. Like <laughs> that, he would just never play because Caruso is better at all the things on defense and team play and just yeah. like the spirit of the team playing with energy. He's better at all of those things, but Rondo is still better at running a team and getting other guys involved. Right. And Rondo can't shoot a pull up three, but he's he knows how to run the show because he's such a really good point guard. I mean, another little piece is we don't want to put Rondo on the line late either, but you can put Reggie Jackson on the line late, and he can run an offense. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. Late I, late game free throws is a part part that I hadn't really thought too much about, and it's a big strength for him. Yeah, huge. I mean, I still think that if they had done it, then. They don't. So there's still a slim possibility. I mean, he's a Queens native and he may just like being on the Knicks now, but Harkless could still. He said he hasn't made up his mind yet and he's still talking he's with his agent. a couple of days left. And, <laughs> and, you know, it's still possible. And if you were the Lakers and you were sitting there and you were looking for someone who could potentially guard the, yeah. you know, the Kawhis and, and James Hardens yeah. of the world. Um, I want Harkless. You would want Harkless, and if you had already used up that roster, you know, flexibility by trying to bring in someone like Reggie Jackson, then you foreclose that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I I think my main point is just that, like in the playoffs, you want to have like as many um, 
as many bullets in the gun, which is a bad analogy, but yeah. you just want to have as many options to like throughout there. Like the saying is you need all 15 guys to win a championship. You know, I always say this like big baby Davis during that Celtics run had like, <laughs> yeah. he won, he won a playoff game for the Celtics. Like yeah. there's always going to be that random game where one of your bench guys wins a game and you want to have the most chances for that to happen. But Re- I totally Reggie agree. Reggie Jackson could do that. But I totally agree. Like if, if the Lakers got Marcus, uh, Mark, sorry, <laughs> Maurice Harkless, <laughs> um, he would he would fit really well because the Lakers like to play big, and he could nominally play. I mean, he is a he's a three, but he could easily play as the four um, if they want to still play big, but be actually smaller. And he could guard Kawhi. Um, he could probably guard Montrez Harrell also. So right. he does fit well there. Right. Uh, a couple other buyouts. Um, these were some smaller ones. The Mavericks picking up Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Does it matter? Not really. He's all of these guys. This is this is a thing we should talk about. All these guys who were bad non-shooting threes and fours, they're fives now. Uh, yep. Rick Carlisle is running him <laughs> like a rim running five. Like that's what he is. And the benefit of that is normally five men, they're not great passers. So when they catch the ball in the short roll, like if your point guard gets trapped and you throw the ball to the big man uh, and he's not all the way at the rim, now he's got to make a decision. Someone's like kind of playing a zone, protecting the rim, but not really waiting to run back out to the three-point line. He's got to make a decision. If if the person doing that is actually 6'8 and has ball skills, they should be better at making those passes if they're not better at, like, dunking. So it's it's an interesting trend. Jeff Jeff Green is another guy who was, like, a three right. back in the day. Now he's going to be a small ball five for the Rockets. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't think it matters, but it is an interesting trend. It was sort of the And it does matter actually those two teams against each other. And that's right. the that, that is Definitely. the one sort of caveat to, to my like it doesn't really matter. because um, he could play some significant playoff minutes facing a team like the Rockets. I don't think that other team I mean, potentially the Clippers could play very small and it would be another situation where he might be very really useful. Um, you could see him, you know, matching up against Harrell potentially right. in in giving them a you know a, a flexible moving lineup so there was an interesting thing um about some of this small ball trend and you know some of these players moving to the five uh the the rockets owner was interviewed about a few things and said something along the lines of well we switched out a guy that was 610 for a guy that's 6'8", like, did we really change <laughs> that much? It was just sort of making, you know, is the Compella Jeff Green or Compella Covington or, you know, whichever way you want to make that comparison, was really just talking about a few inches. And it was just sort of like, is it that different? Well, depends on how long Capella's arms are. Because <laughs> right. I feel like Draymond, another few inches. Draymond Green has taught us that, like, you know, it's about your real height, maybe not right. as much as your like measured height. The Rockets have this like the Rockets, they're the Rockets. So they 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 measure guys necks. So they want to make sure they don't have a bunch of long neck dudes who aren't who have short arms and aren't actually they can't play big. Right. And they also have the Wait, long necks means short arms. Potentially long necks, <sighs> short arms. That means like you're, you're not going to be great at defending the rim because you've right. got short arms. Or you're not going to be great on defense. And the Rockets already have the market cornered on you know, linebackers, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. These guys who can switch across multiple positions and play bigger. So sure. They're one, two, three are all linebackers. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think it's about your real height, how long your arms are, right. obviously your leaping ability, but yeah, if you have long arms and if obviously if you have preternatural ability to 
um, well, let's be predict honest, where people are going to be on the floor. Like Draymond, that helps a lot too. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, the, the it, it, it's definitely not just about physiometrics because the the issue is really going to be in the you know Capella Covington comparison. Something like block rate would be able to tell you a lot more sure. about whether Covington, rebound rate, block yeah, rate, whether whether things, he's yeah. going to be able to cover and protect the rim and you know right. do the things well, that Capella did. One of the things analy- analytics folks are suggesting is that maybe the Rockets have determined rebounding rate is terribly overvalued. Yeah, I think this is a, a topic on Twitter that people were saying individual rebounding rate and individual, well, maybe individual rebound numbers and less individual rebounding rate isn't really that important because right. we've seen Steven Adams gives all his rebounds to his guards. Yeah. We've seen Andre Drummond get all of the rebounds and not really affect the difference. game that exactly. much. Yeah. Um. So we've seen Luka get a ton of rebounds. He's like almost averaging a triple double right. or he's racking up triple doubles doubles he's like one of the youngest to the amount of triple doubles he has but he's like he's six eight he's a guard like yeah, yeah he's getting rebounds <laughs> but he's not like you know he's not Dennis Rodman you know I don't right. think you, you should build your team around that like it helps right 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 so um one last buyout we haven't discussed though I do think we discussed it last week Marvin Williams to the Bucks. I think it helps it's another body, another shooter, another defender. He can do a lot of things. They're so far out in front of the Raptors, and they're playing the Raptors right now. They could go out even farther in front. Um, do we know what that score is right now? I assume the Bucks are winning by 12 in halfway through the third. One second. <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, so uh, – yeah, the, the point was if they're far out in front as, as the season comes to a close, they're going to you know capitalize on their depth and run out a lot of different lineups yeah. and get people rest and, and go into yeah. the playoffs healthy. And All of that. I think in that sense, Absolutely. great great pickup. Completely agree. Um, I think that he's someone who can play a meaningful you know fifteen minutes a game right. in the playoffs. Right. I believe I don't think that Reggie Jackson will be playing a meaningful 15 minutes a game in the playoffs. I think that's just where I should have left it. I, I mean, you know, he's a great I, I think another piece here. I think he's great insurance for the somewhat fragile but tough as heck Patrick Beverly. Like there there's just use in having that, I think. Yeah. And and I mean, maybe he doesn't play 15 minutes in the playoffs, but maybe he plays 15 minutes now in the regular season, which means Pat which means Patrick Beverly doesn't yeah. get more injured before yeah. the playoffs. Yeah, maybe we get a healthy Patrick Beverly by the time we get there. So So before we wrap up, do we want to rank uh most important like buyout uh candidates or buyout players, uh, who's going to make the most impact regular season playoffs? I think the main yeah. ones are Marvin Williams, uh, Markeith Morris, uh, Damari Carroll, Jeff Green. Marcus yep. Morris. Well, Marcus Morris was a trade, right? Oh, you're right. Yeah. So yeah, he doesn't God, really count. God. Yeah, of oh, course. Right. Reggie, Reggie yeah, Jackson. Yeah, you should put him on this list. Yeah. And Michael Kidd Gilchrist. I think it's Marvin Williams, probably. Um, Marvin Williams is important. Markeith I, Morris, I, I do think, just yeah. because there's such need, he could he could emerge, you know, into and, this conversation. I mean, the rocket stuff is fun, so I just like it for that. And then I think Reggie Jackson could be an important piece still. So, um, yeah. And so we have a few days left. There may be something interesting that happens, but nothing that interesting seems to be coming next. So um, that may be the end of all of that. We may be looking at most of what the teams are going to look at as we head into the playoffs, which – 
brings us to our next topic, the fantasy playoffs, which uh, I'm sure you will all be excited to know are beginning in two weeks. Kyle, Jalen, are you preparing for the playoffs? I'm not. <laughs> I am in ninth place, I think, right now. You can make it, right? I mean, I, it's... I still can, but... Do you want to? I don't know. I just traded Mike Conley, so... Kyle, will there be a benefit to the people who don't make the playoffs? Will they, will they get a little draft break like they have in the past? They will. Yeah, they will continue to get a slight draft break. Same structure tank, that we've had. Tank. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I gotta pull the hinky. I don't know. I are I think the, it'd be hard the for the you to drop into a territory where it's really gonna help you. I mean, three dollars um, on you a don't rookie. start anybody. Just don't. <laughs> just don't start anybody the rest of the year. Sit everybody on your bench. Go you know 09, a... 09. Drop as far as you can to get whatever <laughs> money you can. That's There's no benefit in, in making the playoffs right now. I'm a living human being who watches the league. Yeah, I know. As in, if I saw that happen, <laughs> I would just exclude you. You mean you would kick from, him out of the league the from playing his team to the most beneficial fashion he could? No, I would just take away the benefit. You can oh, keep yeah. playing that way. I'm not going to kick you out of the league. I'm just going to take away the three dollar benefit. But what you is play it? in good faith. All right. Yeah, but, but like, it's not how the league works. It's not how any league works. It does here. <laughs> All right, we'll leave you with that illusion. For I wouldn't now, even. Kyle. I wouldn't even need to rule by fiat. <laughs> I guarantee I could go out and do a vote on that. All right, this but could then, be positively but, democratic. But then I'm saying there's people not pressing the buttons for weeks at a time. Yeah. So no what's up benefit. With that? No benefit for those teams. Can we institute but I, but that? But you could do that. Come on, Kamish. You could just stop. No, but paying come attention. on. Now we're talking about letter and spirit. I mean, because you were telling him to take everyone out of his active lineup. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? We have two teams with excellent lineups just sitting there not playing it's the absolute worst thing you could do in a competitive fantasy league it's the one thing that makes it a little not fun are these two people not playing that's a good point you know and after you put it that way it's i realized that it fun. would it would be a little hypocritical if i penalize jalen for using the rules to whatever advantage he could and in fact in that sense i would much rather you have the Five dollar, you know, rookie voucher yeah. than uh, our Panther Bistos or Alamos of the if world. They're not who pressing have... the button. I'm, I'm moving it to a vote right now. We have a quorum. <laughs> if you are not pushing the button on Yahoo, you get no break in the draft. I vote yes. I hear a second over there. Woo! How many weeks would you have to have that be? Because you know, I'm very active in my other league. And yet I still every it's a weekly transaction league. So um, weekly roster right, set right. on Sundays. And sometimes I just admit it. If it's it. been I'm, two months, man, like it's too long. Yeah. And we've had multiple teams. We had a third team do that. Should well. we should and we just consider the playoffs? Should we consider getting new people into the league? I think if people don't actually want to play, they shouldn't play. It's a great league. Let's get some people who want to play. It's tough because I even, you know, I'm very active on fantasy every year, and I've had a couple of bad drafts in my other yeah. league. And when it happened, I I just 
lose interest a little and stop sure. paying attention. I didn't oh I never completely gave up. I but, always tried right. to still make the well, playoffs. Jalen and, and I made both trades. screwed up our drafts this year in different ways. Like we neither of us got what we wanted or what we were expecting. And both of us made moves, made trades, continued to. Both you know, Jalen's worked his way up from what should have been the bottom of the league to borderline playoff. And I should have been in the middle, and I'm toward the top of the playoff. Do we start a second league and start a relegation system? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I think it sounds great. Yeah, let's get So we have four. T- oh, that's it. I solved it. El Panther Bisto and Flying Alamo are relegated next year to the two league. We'll get 10 new people for that league. And we'll have a deputy commissioner. I'm nominating Jalen for the deputy commissioner of the second league. <laughs> it's uh, done. There it is. What else do we need? It'd be good because, you know, introducing <laughs> the contract structures into the keeper system next year. I mean, you really want to have good buy-in on that. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work if there isn't. And, you know, the other thing to say, though, is we have enough people playing the league that it's a super competitive, really fun league. So, those two teams hurt a little bit, but, you know, not that much. We basically ignore them. Um, the, the code, if you're playing Flying Alamo or El Panther Bisto, is good luck on your bye week. <laughs> well, since I keep drafting terribly, I, I take the wins. I think the only reason that I'm in a playoff position or fighting for a playoff position right now is because the wins I have gotten, some of them against them, some of them against active players, have been like 7-2. to two. Like My team was constructed in such a way that like I wasn't winning consistently 5-4. to four. I was losing 6-3 to three or 7-2 to two or winning 7-2 to, seven to two or 6-3. to three. Do we have a second league, someone who we know – that we could actually pair with our league and create this um maybe this this like relegation system this could be fun what about would your other league be interested i mean i know other people that play a lot of other stuff the only trouble with it is that i was just thinking about was that you you almost would need for it really to work sadly um, you'd have to have a very complicated system because you'd have to have some teams that would be on both that would never be able to move up to the other because you can't have a manager having two teams in one league. Um, because right. because I think that you'd need to have enough crossover between them that they stay tied in people's imagination. You right. Know? right. So we wouldn't be able I mean, I think there are ways to do it. You know, I play in public leagues. I play in some some more competitive public leagues, gold league, gold level, some of that stuff. And there are a lot of really competitive players there. I get invited to other leagues through these people. So it's all very doable, I think. We would just have to do a little outlay at first to get it going. But, yeah. So, um, but let's get back to scorekeeper. Um Okay, wait. I'm, we're, we're just going off the rails here. So I'm yeah, going to take us further off, off the rails. rails. Who's going to win both in the real NBA and fantasy NBA? Who's winning the scorekeeper league this year? Um, I've got the the ELO ratings and the Raptor ratings up for the real NBA. Okay. What are what real are NBA? Do we, which one do you want? No, to no, do, first? do do fantasy first. Fantasy first. Um, Kyle, you go first. I think Michael's pausing because I think it's going to be Michael. Yeah, that's what I it, just landed on in my brain. So sorry, it's a, and I didn't want to say it. Well, <laughs> I think that if Simmons comes back in a reasonable time, which I am not 
expecting right now. Um, and Capella plays two injured two, players from Kyle's team. Then I probably have an inside track to it. I yeah. just I have a build that can beat any team any week, but gotta have my guys and yeah. they're. And two really crucial parts of it are out. I'm and at it. I'm at a part disadvantage. Is out too with Peyton. Like I, you're in, you're hurting right yeah, now. It's I'm not- at a disadvantage right now. And right now I'm playing mainly to make sure that I make the playoffs again. And if I do, I will be the one team in the league that's made the playoffs every year. So because Noah had such a terrible team that I inherited. You, I technically I consider you to, to be a team that has never okay. missed the playoffs, but you just didn't weren't there for the first couple seasons. Right. So I have a longer When streak. Noah drove the team into the ground, completely destroyed it, and then... Hi, Noah. <laughs> we're going we're to send this episode to you. You know we love you. Yeah, you guys are just taking shots at everybody. <laughs> if you're listening to this pod, I didn't say anything about your team. That was my but, two co-hosts. Okay. There, so, but let's go through the teams. We have the step back. In first by a long, long way, like twenty games. Yeah, up no love on, for the step back. I feel like this everybody. is a real. This is a real James. He's Harden. not going to win. This is a James Harden s situation. Yeah. James Harden is, is on his team. It is. They it's look the great, but no one believes that they're going to win at all. It really just has to do with the matchup against Michael. It in, in and honestly, you if he and you and me if he if he avoids playing me and Michael. Yep. And, and he not wins. So, I'm he not, wins yeah, he I'm that. not as dangerous to him anymore, but I'm still, even with those two guys out, I have a build that could potentially, given the right week, if I can keep up in steals, I could beat him. Right. And you are just projected to beat him. Right. You know, just like well, every That's because of my weird build. We expect that you'll beat him. And that, so it makes it hard. How can you, how can you project him to win when – the probably the second most important team, you know, the team. It's kind of like the Rockets and Warriors. Oh, sure, you know, if the, they don't play the, the Warriors, they're it, fine. They're fine, <laughs> but then, but then the Warriors happen to be out there, and they're just kryptonite, you know. Yeah. So there are some other strong possibilities we have sitting in the two spot intrepid trepidation. Carl the, Anthony Towns needs to come back for that to work, right. and he's Otto hurt, Porter. And Otto Porter's hurt, so he's got two big players on the bench. Um, or on the IL, rather. Um, She's second a, with Otto Porter out the entire year? Yeah. Hey, That's let's, wild. Let, let's not forget I lost a top 10 guy, everybody. Okay? <laughs> like, when we're talking about the tough spot for Intrepid Trepanation right now, let's not forget I'm doing all this after losing a top 10 guy in every single league because I had Jonathan Isaac in every single I think, league. I think Capella and Simmons both being out is a tougher hit. I mean, two in terms of sheer guys. numbers, they were both top thirty. Both but, top but, ten. But Simmons Michael, just Jonathan went Isaac, out. Though. When he went down, was top ten in fantasy. He was a tenth-rated player mm-hmm. in fantasy basketball, and he is quintessential in my yeah. build. Like, it, like it is so. Like I would, we wouldn't even I be talking about this right around now. Simmons, I would have. You know. Everybody would just lose right now. Nobody would even. We wouldn't be talking about it if I still had Jonathan <laughs> Isaac. I don't think that's true. I, I think, if I, I, think if I had Ben Simmons and Capella and you had Jonathan Isaac, it would go down to the last night. And we would kind of like our which, last matchup, oh, which, which was super Do you want to set? Because, okay, so yeah. Kyle and I played last week. It, um, and I won't. I almost did a spoiler. Kyle has beaten me 
every single time except once where we tied, I think, maybe the first year. Does that sound right? Something like that, So yeah. he, he always beats me. I've just sort of accepted it at this point. Like, oh, I'm just going to lose to Kyle. I'll still have a good team, but I'm going to lose to Kyle. Whatever. I'll just keep going. So we end up in a matchup. Uh, this is our second time meeting this year. The first time I was projected to win and you slaughtered me. You know, that's how it works. This time, I think we, you were projected to win again. I was. Um, uh, and we came down to the very last day. Your players were all done. I had two guys left, the Detroit Pistons rebuild. I had Seku left and I had the Crucifix left. And I was down two three-pointers. And two steals. Two steals and losing four five. And you got four three-pointers to pull that one out and one steal and didn't quite pull that right. one out and one five four. And, and it felt and, like a miracle. And the weirdest thing was <laughs> if I had held Kobe White. So on oh, Thursday. You would have crushed me. If on Thursday, miraculously, the whole the whole week I was I was not projected to be in consideration for field goal percentage. And then on Thursday, it just looked like I had a, a shot, and so I started to think about it. And I think it was like after um, Kobe White's abysmal game yep. on Thursday, I was just like, okay, I've got to go all in on field goal percentage here. And um, and then Michael's team just continued to just plummet in field goal percentage. To, to it's crazy. So, so 50 e points under what I would normally even do. If, even if Kobe White had continued to be Kobe White of fine. the past, I would have been fine. <laughs> but – Instead, he goes off for like 12 three-pointers in two games yeah. and shoots over 50% and um, and got just enough steals that I would have won that too. I could have won yeah. the week. But I would make that decision every time. I would have made the same decision you made. I was actually happy when you picked up Kobe White because I'm like, oh, I've got field goal percentage now. He's done. And then, it, you know, obviously it didn't work out yeah. that way. I went in a completely different direction. Good for Kobe White. I mean, that's a you know, it's a turning point for him right now. And you know, intrepid trepidation. He's had ten so in. far this year. Is it truly a turning turning point? I do think so. Chris Dunn is out now, and this is something that intrepid trepidation um, pointed to when he put in that crazy, not crazy. I mean, I just made an even bigger bid for Delon Wright because it's the end of the season, and that you know that money doesn't stick around. You got to use it. So. But he put in like a $45 bid um, uh, on Kobe White, and his explanation to me was that White hasn't had the the runway to clear minutes the way that he does with Chris Dunn being out now. And he thinks that, you know, also because the team isn't playing for a playoff spot and he has good scoring potential that they're going to run with him. And um, I still think a little bit of it was matchups. Um, right. They were playing against uh, Washington and Charlotte, I think it was. Both of them were fairly weak defenses. And those are the, I mean, honestly, those are the days we've seen Kobe White show up <laughs> are the against the weaker teams. That's when he has those. He does also seem to me to be a player who needs his confidence. To, you know, he's got to get, he, he needs some sort of good, um, like, feel to, to get going. Right. And because... Uh, he seems to shoot well guarded, too. He takes a lot of difficult shots. In yeah. some games, they go in. So, scorekeeper, anybody else in either of your views, had, had to, who else has a you chance? You have to talk about I'll see you on the court. I know, um, that, that was my next question. Because he's in third place right now. and Strong team, a lot and of he's, counting numbers. He's moved up 
three or four slots in the last month. Um, just having a really good go of it right now. Also has a great Avi, uh, just top notch. I don't, I don't think I've ever told him this, but yeah, the LeBron, the photoshopped LeBron with a cigarette in his mouth, where it's like it's from the <laughs> meme, where he's like, yeah. I don't know what it is, you know, it's over info, no matter what. Just great Avi, good work. <laughs> So, yeah, definitely a possibility there. Other teams that could make a run. Um, that Bricks. was back from when he was called LeBron Flames. Oh, right. Because remember, he oh, was right, right, right. he was fiery was Irving, first, right. and then he became LeBron Flames. Right. Um, but other teams, we have the Bricks. We could uh, Smooth Floss, Mordant Slobs possibly might not make it. Wrong, um, um, round Ball Rock could be round scary. Ball Rock. Um, looks has good. made some really nice moves. Uh, to you know, field goal percentage, blocks, and rebounds are really strong yeah. for for the Rock right now. And you know, though, when you have those counting stats and field goal percentage is, I just think it's the it's the stat to go for for a robust build right. because you you just you got guys who you know are going to stay on the court. Right. Right. And. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think we're running into a playoff scenario where a lot of teams are going to have a shot. Uh, at least six could win it, maybe more. Um, Will there be any last-minute trades? Uh, I just completed a trade. I traded Mike Conley for Al Horford. Um, my thinking behind that was that Conley doesn't have any keeper value in my estimation. He's $54 right now. He's, I think he's going to be 59 next year. Yeah, um, that's not happening. That's just too much. <laughs> he's too he's too old. He's at the end of his rope. Um, and, you know, even if he's good, I don't think he'll be worth that, nope. that money. So no my estimation was that there's a chance <laughs> Al Horford at $22, uh, which is, I think, what he'll cost next year, will be worth keeping. So, um, no. you know. It'd be a I bit of an trade. overbuy, probably, but you know, like Happen, I said, there that's there what are, happens with big men. There are some, yeah, there are reasons to make strategic overbuys. Yeah, yeah. I every year, this is only my second year, but I never have good bigs. Can we talk about something that's going on presently in the NBA? Because I'm just, I find it remarkable that last night Toronto's winning the chip. Is that what you mean? No, no, it's happening. Uh, the so um, Kawhi got bought out. He's going back to the Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't last night that I was looking at. It was from Sunday night. Toronto beat it, it does have to do with Toronto because Toronto beats Indiana 127 to 81 in just historic fashion. And now come Tuesday, um, the Pacers are now up 85 to 49. Um, I don't know what do we want to add up that point swing here because it's like <laughs> it's a pretty incredible one, right? Because that's yeah, it's massive. that's 19. So it's 46, um, 46-point victory for the Raptors. Right. Then we've got 36. Okay, so 82. Yeah. Yeah. That's a it's a big swing. That's a really big Is swing. Is Aaron Holiday going off? I assume Aaron Holiday has over 20. For your sake, I hope so. No, he's I, on the wire. No, I oh, he the, is. I left. I, I chose Monty Morris oh, okay. instead of Aaron Holiday, which I'm still not certain no, he, about. He, he's he's got a very strong seven points. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, very strong seven points, three rebounds, and two assists. Also happening at this present moment, uh, Matt Thomas is going off against uh, the Bucks. 
The Raptors are up 39-30 on the Bucks in the second quarter, 824 left. Is that a good enough name for an NBA player? <laughs> it's solid. It's solid. <laughs> what, are you saying they should have rejected his bid to play in the yeah, NBA? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt Thomas. I don't know. It doesn't seem right to me. Matt Thomas. Nope. What, what do you say to Matt Barnes? That's fine. Entirely okay. fine. Interesting. Matthew Deladova, that works. I don't know. Matt Thomas, I don't hear an NBA player. Two first names. How do we feel about two first names? problematic i guess thomas is pretty variable though so it's yeah. uh, some flexibility there all right good for matt thomas um i want to throw out a last question for you guys as you uh whoa, look... whoa, wait hold on we didn't we didn't go oh, didn't over our bit. real nba predictions who's gonna win oh. it all oh okay so the this reason why the obviously re- the bucks we're done the reason why I bring this up is because I'm looking at 538's proje- projections right now. And if you use the Raptor setting, um, the who's going to make it to the finals, chances of making it to finals are like pretty even, right? So we've got the Lakers at 32%, the Clippers at 31%, uh, the Rockets actually at 27%, and the Bucks at 36%. So they're you know only slightly above. The Sixers are at 31%, Celtics 21%, and Raptors at 11%. But if you use uh, 538's ELO forecast, uh, the Bucks have a 58% chance of making the finals um, under that uh, metric. Right. And the difference between the two, I believe, is that ELO is just based on like your current team, yes. I believe, and your team strength. And I think it includes injuries and all these sorts of things, whereas Raptor is just based on like the not PER, but a, a comparable rating for each of the players on your team. Uh, so it's more of like a, I don't know, Raptor sort of feels like more of an on-paper ranking than ELO to me right. uh, if I'm like dwindling it down and oversimplifying it. Um, so that's interesting. And under yeah. the ELO ranking uh, metric, the Lakers have a 33% chance of making it to the finals. Rockets are at 17 and the, the Raptors are at 24%, and the Clippers, oddly, are at 6% for some reason. Can you explain that? I mean, it has to be all the injuries that they've had oh, and yeah, just yeah. how that they really haven't had their so team like right healthy. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it will change. I think change. it's obvious it's the Bucks in the East and the Clippers in the West. I don't think there are any other real possibilities here. <laughs> Do I have it right, though, that Raptor is 538's replacement for ELO? Uh, Largely, I mean, they're running out probably. both of them right now. But Raptor yeah, was Elo the was, one that came out this year. Yeah, that's right. That is making Elo cert- was their old one, making certain adjustments. Although, didn't last year Elo predict the Raptors to win? I think they did. they were higher than anybody expected. I can't remember. Yeah, who was at I the think five thirty eight loved the Raptors last season. So where do you all stand? I mean, I will say, I right now. It's like if I had to put my money on it, I think I would go with the Clippers just because every all the winds seem to be blowing that way. But if I had to go with my gut, I would say LeBron wins it. And I think this may be the last one that he's able to win with that team. Um, they're, they continue to impress. They, they, have a, they have far more wins and are farther out in front than I could have ever imagined that they would be at this point in the season. They are going to be able to rest people um, and to go in the playoffs strong. Um, I think that Markeith Morris was a good pickup. Um, I think that they're going to have a lot to toy around with here over the last month. I, you know, Windhorst was talking about this on his pod last night um, that uh, – the 
you know, the Lakers will probably spend, you know, Frank Vogel will spend the end of the season here running out a bunch of different lineups in crunch time to see, um, you know, how they fit. And they might be taking, you know, hopefully if if Vogel is, is, uh, hopefully he's been watching his NBA finals for the last few years and he could take a sort of Nick Nurse approach to it where you run with hot hands. You run with players who are, you know, playing well that day. We all know that, Danny Green can disappear at times. Sure. And um, one of the crucial things that Nick Nurse did last year in the finals was he didn't um, over-rely on him. He, he moved to Fred Van Vliet, and Van Vliet yeah. changed the series for them. Yeah. All right. Jalen, who you got? Um, I mean, I think if the Clippers are completely healthy, I'll just go with the Clippers to win it all. Um. Like, I, I watched the Clippers play the Grizzlies last night, and Kawhi was just playing with so much force. Um, just seeing him sort of impact the game and take over the game from start to finish, he was guarding Ja Morant a bit during the game. Um, it's just it's just scary. I mean, he also seems to have his explosiveness. He had, like, a leaning left-handed dunk in the game. Um, and when I watch the Clippers, it's like, they shrink the court so well. Like, yeah. it seems like it's impossible to get into the lane, especially with their starting unit. Like, when Zubach is on the floor, and then they've got Kawhi, PG, um, Beverly, and Marcus Morris. I'm just like, how do you even get in the paint against these guys? And the Grizzlies couldn't last night. Obviously, the Grizzlies are not who they're going to be playing in the playoffs, probably. Um, and they're not a great example of the quality of team they're, that they're going to have to play to win the championship. But I think I would say... On paper, the Clippers have the most versatile team, the best team. And if they're healthy, I think they have the best argument to win the title. Um, and I feel like the 76ers injury problems makes me say that the Bucks will like actually get to the finals this year. Um, but the Raptors, I'm just extremely impressed with the Raptors. I'm extremely yeah. impressed with Nick Nurse as a yeah. coach, his willingness to switch his defense um, to fit the opponent. You know, this is like Bill Belichickian. This is something that you know we don't we don't have a defense we have a defense that works you know we have whatever's going to work against the current opponent uh we have the players that are going to work against the current opponent you know Patrick McCall was playing because of injuries but he was also right you know Nick Nurse was trying to build up his confidence and and give him energy and playing time like everyone on that roster pretty much is a live body and can do something and make something happen and that goes a long way like a a, a big yeah. reason why they beat the the Warriors last year is because they just didn't have weak links. Everyone on the floor could play defense. They could knock down a shot. They could do something with like, if the if it was late in the clock and they needed to make a play, every single person could do it. Um, and so a lot of a lot of the playoffs is about getting rid of those weak links that teams yeah. can exploit. So, and the Raptors have a ton of pieces. I mean, they did it with McCall. They've done it with Davis this year. They yeah. Did it with, you I know, mean, they can they Ron can just Hollis mix. Jefferson was a reclamation project of sorts. Like they're all playing well there. They can just mix and match. And the fact that they're in the East means that they have a better yeah. chance of getting to the finals than these other teams do. And I think just to mention the Celtics, I haven't watched the Celtics much this year. I don't like the Celtics. Kemba is cool. Um, but, like, generally, I don't like the Celtics. I haven't watched them that much this year. But Jason Tatum is kind of coming into his own, and he's looking pretty scary. And I know we've sort of, like, um, not been huge fans of his game here on this pod. Uh, the I'm glad no one listens to the pod, so they don't know that <laughs> we, we said that. But, I mean, 
I still have questions about his ultimate ceiling, but he's clearly taken a jump. Definitely. He's clearly he's going to need to be this good in the playoffs for them to hit their ultimate ceiling. Um, it's unfair to use this as an example, but late in that All-Star game, Kemba Walker was sort of – he was shut down a bit. He kept getting right. switched onto LeBron on defense. He was kept being guarded by LeBron or bigger players on offense, and he struggled to have an impact. He was on fire early leading up to like the last few minutes of that game, and then he was sort of shut down, and that's been a problem. That's been his history in the playoffs. He was playing on much worse teams, yes, but – you can see it. I mean, this holds true for players taller than him. This holds true for Steph <laughs> right. Curry, a player right. who's better than him. So, I mean, it's not a knock on him. Yeah. And so I think because of that, Tatum is going to need to – he's going to need to stay at this level or get even better right. for them to get where they want to go. But I will say um, they're, t- they're together. They're a team that's yeah. together in the yeah. same way that the Raptors are. They fight. They play together. Um, you know, they don't have these sorts of questions about fit and who's in charge or whatever that the Sixers have had to deal with. Even to some degree, the Clippers have said have had some chemistry issues. So if you believe in that sort of thing, maybe you like the Celtics as well. Yeah. It feels really awful to not be talking more about the Bucks. Um, but they're they, they seem like such a foregone conclusion to and the regular season with the best record. Yeah. Um, maybe even just sweep through the, the Eastern Conference playoffs. At least the I first round. I actually think that they, they will. <laughs> um, and I just – I think that – I think their, their, their all-out game there yeah. is – they're just not going to have an answer when it slows down against a team like the Lakers or or the Clippers. Um, it's just a feeling that I have. And I mean, Giannis has made a jump. I have this, uh, as, as we've talked about off the pot, I have this weird feeling that Bledsoe has, has maybe fixed some of his mental issues on the court uh, through the help of Kyle Korver and some other uh, shooting uh, coaches. Um I mean, the, the the Bucks look really scary. Um, I'm not picking against them in the East. I mean, the only team I can really see competing with them, I don't even know. Like, I don't. I don't even know if the West can compete with that team. If if that's yeah. truly playoff ready, and there's not a hole as was discovered like last season. Do you season. think? Do, I just feel like the Lakers and Clippers have another gear. As, as they say. They may. And, we and haven't just, seen it. I haven't I, seen either of those teams play. Oh, I know. The I, don't, I don't know the if Clippers, they do, though. The Clippers against the Grizzlies last night definitely I, looked I think like the they, Clippers they had have the full gear. roster last night for the first time, you know, for the, only the second time this season. No Jaron Jackson Jr. The, the Grizzlies sure, weren't running their just, usual No, I, I hear you. I feel you. I don't know if the Lakers have another gear, though, because LeBron is by far the best player on the team. I think Anthony Davis is minus in his minutes without LeBron on the yeah, floor. Yeah. And the Rockets made this switch to go smaller. And Anthony Davis, we've seen in his career, he hasn't always been able to punish switches. He hasn't always been able to punish smaller guys in the paint. And not only is he going to have to play defense, but he's going to have to punish people in the paint and score with his fadeaways and his over-the-shoulders and his hook shots. And we just haven't seen him be able to do that. So, I mean, I have real questions about that, not to mention LeBron's age, not to mention the fact that they're relying on JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard for a lot of minutes at (laughs) the center position, which is like they've been great this year. But there's a reason that JaVale McGee was sort of a marginalized player on the Warriors roster. He's good, but he can also pick up three fouls in five minutes. Like, 
The for same thing minutes. is true for Dwight Howard. So, like, they're relying on those guys a lot. Like, I feel like the Lakers, if everything comes together, they're right up there with the, Clip- the Clippers and anyone else in the league. But they're, it's it's creakier, right? It's like, yeah. I don't know, JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard. We've got Danny Green, KCP. You know, our wing list is pretty short. Now we've got Markeith Morris. It's like the Clippers, they just have wings on wings on wings. Um and the Lakers, you're like, oh, I don't know about these guys. <laughs> it's yeah. true. But I don't expect them to have the kind of jump that those Cavaliers teams had, but the historical precedent of those just looms so large in my mind where they go from teams that, you know, like they didn't even beat out the Hawks for best record in the in the East one year, and then they go, what what is it, like 16-1 and yeah. One yeah. to win the East playoffs? and. I just feel like there's some opportunity for that still, and there'll be some tweaking and some paring down. And um, and one of the troubles with the Lakers right now is that they don't have as much depth, especially as a team like the Bucks. But that's not going to matter quite as much in a playoff series when, um, as long as those bodies especially those get first, healthy, especially those first two series, now. because a lot of times the first series they're getting like three nights off between in the traveling time, you know, and and uh, right. and I think they're going to be able to run some shortened lineups and be a lot more efficient and um, yeah, I mean, but then you know, by the same token, in the finals, if you have the Lakers going every other night against the Bucks, um, except for you know maybe two days off on a travel. A day, you know, between games, um, that depth could, you know, come back in as a factor that could weigh in the Bucks' favor. Yeah, I think the one seed is huge for the Lakers. The Lakers are getting to the second round of the playoffs. That's it. They're beating the eight seed. They're getting to the yeah. second round, and more than likely, I would just automatically say they're they're getting to the Western Conference Finals. Like, I would be shocked if they lost to whoever comes out of the four five matchup. Whoever wins that. Because right now it's the Rockets and the Jazz. I think they could handle both yeah. of those teams. Might be a little bit shaky against the Rockets, but I just, I just think LeBron would find a way to beat James Harden, basically. Right. Um, and so that that one seed is huge for them. So if they can keep that one seed, which I think everyone expects that they will, um, they're set. And it's a matter of whether or not they can win whoever they face in the Western Conference Finals. Right. All right. Um, we're heading toward the end. One last bit. Kyle, what advice do you have for people playing in their playoffs in fantasy basketball? One bit of advice that anybody out there can use or that you would tell somebody in our league. Here's mine. I'll give you an example. Um, Straight out of Basketball Monster, giving credit where credit is due. In the playoffs, you should stream at least one spot. That was the first place I was going to go. And, in fact, you should start doing it now. Give yourself some practice time, but but also it's just – what I'm doing this week. Yeah, it's get yourself (laughs) used to not having emotional attachments to players and cycling through them. And And making the best choice out of a mess of, you know, flawed choices. I I don't pay for DFS um, projections. Um, One tip that I might give – don't really like to do shout outs for 
corporations, these things. But Numberfire will give you free projections um, if you All just right. sign up for an, for an account. And they do update them daily. And I noticed that at the moment when D'Lo went out, um, Jordan McLaughlin's numbers oh, went that up. That popped up. on. That's how you got to it. And so, yeah, yeah. And that was part of the reason why I recognized it because I actually hadn't seen the news. I just saw that his projections went up. And I, I was like, what why? is this about? Right. And then I went nice. and searched out the news. I always say go and do your research if, if you're sure, doing same-day transactions. You know, Twitter and, and Google News are your friends. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think that that's it. I think those are great. Um, we are turning off the phantom power. Cheers. <laughs>